Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. This episode is a fun one. I'm delighted to welcome Stephanie Silverman to the podcast. Stephanie is the co-founder of Your Teen Media, along with Susan Borison, who I interviewed in episode 77. Stephanie brings multiple perspectives to our conversation. Through her role at Your Teen, she is immersed in all things raising teens. And bonus, she also happens to be a parent to three young adults. So she has a lot of experience and insight to share. During our conversation, Stephanie gives a great analogy about why parenting is like running your own little business. She also shares what she calls her most defining parenting moment. And be sure to listen all the way through when Stephanie offers the advice she gives her kids when they feel butterflies in their stomachs. There's lots of great info and quite a few laughs in this episode, so I hope you enjoy. Now let's get started. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being here on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a fun one. Mm. So I interviewed your partner in crime, (laughs) Sue Borison, a couple of weeks ago, and that was fun. And I knew I had to have the other half of your amazing duo (gasps) as uh, on my show. So here we are. Um, And I have lots of questions for you. But before we get started... You want to give a quick intro to my audience, kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Stephanie Silverman. I'm one of the co-owners and co-founders of Your Teen Media. And we are the resource for parenting tweens and teens. So lots of great channels for us to visit. I think they'll probably be in the show notes after. So lots of ways to find us. We hope you do. Yes. I'm pretty sure everybody's probably already found you as I had. And I said this to Sue, I'm like fangirling right now because <laughs> I follow, I have followed you guys for years, you know, so be- fun. long before I started the podcast, long before I got into this space and now here I am. Oh, I love that. I love that. We're usually fangirling too. So I can, <laughs> I can totally relate. I'm fangirling right back at you. Oh, I love what you. you do. So let's talk about the magazine and the podcast. And then I want to talk about the personal stuff. Sure. Because that's yeah. the stuff, uh, mm. that's where the, the juicy parts can be. Yeah. It's so, so juicy. I can barely <laughs> stand it. <laughs> um, so how did you guys, Sue told me her side of, or her story. <laughs> her side of the story. Wait, do you want the truth now? Is that what <laughs> she gave you her version? Do you want the, I'm, I'm here to tell the truth. Yes. You're you just, can't handle the truth, Betsy. <laughs> you need okay. to dispel all the myths. <laughs> okay. But I mean, what, you personally mm. went like whose idea was it to start the magazine? Was it her? Was Sue. it you? No, it was Sue. It was okay. Sue. So she Sue had this idea. So her kids are just enough older. So her fourth born is the same age as my firstborn. Okay. So by the time I was having all of my issues, Sue had all the answers. It was fantastic. So I would like ask her something. And and I she and I met through a leadership course. Around that time, she had this idea for the mag for, you know, what was our first foray into this? And she had already, I think, talked, definitely had talked to some women about it. I met her through this leadership course. We just hit it off as friends. I always say it was like every great love story. We were friends first. And, (laughs) um, you know, I was like, wait, that sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear more about that. And for a variety of reasons, the person she was partnering with exited the story at one point and I was already working with her and we hit it off so well. And so a lot of times people confuse us. They'll think, you know, I'm, Ste- I'm Su- I am Steph. <laughs> They'll think I'm Sue, think she's Steph. Um, and we're very much not the same person, but our 
we have this very strong thread, certainly our values and, you know, those all match up really well. Um, but I think, you know, the pieces of us that are different are different enough to complement each other. So we come at things very differently and we can banter and we can disagree. And it's never the same one saying, Ugh, okay, you know more than me, just go with it from here, you know? So yeah, we have yeah. a really good, um, really good relationship, you know, that way, like we can, you know, it, it really is made for just a great partnership, great business partnership. Yeah. And that comes through in, in the podcast. Like you guys are so genuine and so it's just easy, right? It's yeah. effortless. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It doesn't mean we don't have stressful times and it doesn't mean we don't disagree. I mean, I think it's like, it's like a marriage, you know, right, and we both right. have really good marriages that we've worked at. Right. So I think it's probably our approach to relationships, which frankly, I hope is a good segue to your team, right? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we're promoting at least good enough relationships, you know, like we're trying to get these, I mean, you have two teens, right? So yeah. good enough to try and at least get conversations teed up with them, right? Yeah, because we're all doing the best we can. Oh, yes. And we're all in it together. That's that's what I love about this space. It's yeah. like, you know, I mean, there's some cattiness and some look at me and some competition, sure. but a lot, I just find most of the support and the best advice and wisdom I get are from other parents. Yeah. Yes. Especially those who are ahead of me, like you are, <laughs> your kids are a little bit ahead. And like how Sue was for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's really important. And I have a friend I was talking to the other day and she was reminding me her oldest is the age of my second one. And she said, well, it's kind of like, do you remember the first time when I took Ben out driving and I called you after and said, why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> and I said, and I didn't remember saying it. And I laughed because it sounds like something I would say. I'm sure it was truthful. I said to her, there are some things best left unsaid. <laughs> That is so she, true. So she was always said that I was the one she looked to ahead because I would always tell her what's coming and what to expect. But I did feel like that one, no one can quite prepare you. And there's, it's kind of like childbirth. Like my mom, my mom, my sister, my mom obviously had one before me. <laughs> um, my sister, her, my niece is the first one out of the six cousins or whatever. And so I was pregnant when she was born. And my sister told me a couple things, but she didn't tell me all of it because right. why would she? Right. <laughs> right. Why scare you? It's going to happen whether she tells you or not. So. I mean, did you have that? Did you have this with who's your oldest, Jason? No, Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. With Ethan, like where all of a sudden it's like a few days before you're doing, you're like, oh my God, this has got to come out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, but I, I remember was really mad though that people didn't prepare me for mm. like the first four weeks. Oh. Mm. I was like, bitter about that. Oh. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me how hard this was? And he was a really tough baby. He was very colicky. And- I had that one too, my first. Yeah. Mm. And then I remember I remember being in Toys R Us or Babies R Us <laughs> shortly after that, maybe he was six months old or so. And some woman was registering, you know, with the gun, you oh, know, scanning uh-huh. all the products. And we start chatting. Oh, when do you do? And she's like, oh, you know, in six weeks or whatever. And she's like, any last minute advice? I go, <laughs> I'm just, and I was like sleep deprived and angry and bitter. And I'm like, yeah, just so you know, the first like four to eight weeks is super hard and people won't tell you that, but it is, but then it gets easier. And she looked at me like, who are you crazy lady? Exactly. Exactly. She's like, note to self, don't go to the store anymore. (laughs) Don't talk to crazy (laughs) women with babies. It's so true. It's so true. So yours are how old now? So, um, ours are 23. 
21 and 18. Okay. So we've got one who is in graduate school. We have one who is in undergrad. And then we have one leaving for college in the fall. (gasps) Empty nester. Well, yeah. So yeah, we are empty nesters-ish. Our oldest just called. He's (laughs) he's done with his glasses and he's going into these rotations for his field. And so he said, how do you and daddy feel about me coming back in November and staying till August? Because he goes into like research and stuff and it doesn't matter who it is or whatever. So I said, yeah, that's great. And I said, you know, actually the rent is is okay or something like that. And he started laughing and I said, uh, something about because compared to what he's paying now. I said something. I was like, yeah. I was like, ours is the same. I think it's 900 a month. Dad thinks we should charge you 800. And he started laughing. I said, I'm just kidding. Actually, I think we should charge you 800. Dad, <laughs> 900. <laughs> so we will have a few months of being empty nesters. Wow. So I guess that's good because- is it? I, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I dread the empty nest days. I dread the days my kids go to college and probably yeah, don't come and back, onward. But I know. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I It's funny. I was one of these moms where it was so chaotic, no different than anybody, I guess. But I just, I, I felt like it was so hard for me to imagine them being older and moving on. And, and it's funny. Like I, I am definitely someone who has enjoyed the teen years way more than I enjoyed the toddler years. I have a very close friend. She would go back to the toddler years in a heartbeat. She loved the babies. Yeah, I see you shaking your head. No, she loved the babies, all that stuff. I like that they talk. I like that we can discuss things. I like that even if we don't agree, you know, on topics. So for me, I think it was more about the them coming of age. And and also I was already doing the routine stuff. And so maybe I just felt better prepared. I don't know. I I think I'm just one of those moms that I I tend to enjoy the stage I'm in, but I'm not sure looking back if I really enjoyed those toddler years. <laughs> Maybe there were aspects of it. I felt it. I thought it was really hard. My hardest um, yeah. migration was going from zero to one. Mm-hmm. Once we had one, two, three, it didn't matter. But going from I gave up my career, we moved. It was a lot of changes at one time. Yeah, and I I was somebody who really valued my career, and it was just a some choices we made at the time, you know, um, and just, um, I, I think it was hard and I had a colicky first one. So I think there was a lot of change that came with that. Um, and I think it just, it just got better with age and time. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the teenage years. I didn't think I would. We're, we're weird ones, right? Yeah. I, I guess. Right. It's, you say that people are like, really? Yeah. But yeah, I find it really interesting. I mean, it was hard challenging. It has nothing to do with that. I just, I find it extremely interesting. Yeah. And more rewarding. Like I just felt with the younger ones, like, you know, you celebrate the first steps and the milestones and all Mm -hmm. that, but it's just different. It is just different. That's a good way to say it. So let's talk about your kids in high school. Mm. Now I say this all the time too. I I have two kids and they couldn't be more different. We raised them the same, but they're just different learners, different people, different everything. So what about yours? So, and when I invited you to be on the podcast, I'm like, I want to hear like, what were the lessons you learned and what did you do different Mm. with each of your kids? So can you start with the first and, you know, you were a newbie and you had other people to look up to, but were you like deer in the headlights or... Yeah. Yeah. I think it was during headlights. I think he's also, people used to say to me, you know, your birth order's mixed up. I'm like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> and they're like, because your firstborn is like, not that like 
super type A personality. And so he is so easygoing, Betsy. He is so laid back. He is so chill, as the kids would say. He will never have a heart attack. Um, He is so laid back to a fault at times, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of us. But he, as I tell his siblings, he is the most laid back child until he's not. So he had like, so it's funny. He is, he's great company. He is funny. He loves to laugh. He, he's the only thing that's funnier than him is watching him be amused by like his siblings or a friend. Like he loves to laugh and he's a lot of fun, but he does like, he gets hangry mm. when he's hangry. And when he gets stressed and like, you know, there's a couple stories in the family of like the, 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 um, the meeting of stress, fatigue and hunger. Mm. And it doesn't happen often, but when it does, yeah. hold on to your head. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty and it doesn't happen often, but right. So he, yeah. So he's super laid back. Um, and again, to a fault, right? So he's your kid that so easy or whatever, but nothing really is like urgent. So parenting him through high school wasn't super stressful. Well, wait a minute. It depends what you mean, right? So well, Betsy, like why? Uh, here's here's the, the contrast of our kids is what I would say. So he was the kid. Well, if it's due Monday, why would anybody start before Sunday night? I mean, that's just stupid, right? right. Like, so he was so laid back. Whereas like the other, our other two, Friday, like they were the kids who had to get the work done on Friday, come home from school, have to get the work done so they could enjoy the weekend. Here's how I would contrast them. So I say they are who they are. They are exactly who they are as they came into the world. Okay. So Zach came into the world three weeks. No, I'm sorry. That's not true. Four days late. Screaming. <laughs> uh, what else about him? Yeah, that, I'd say those two. Okay. Yeah. He's very great. Glorious. The second one came in on his due date, not a peep as he came into the world. And he's our one who's more of an introvert. Interesting. Very exacting. Everything is precise. Very black and white. And our third one came three weeks early. And not screaming, not quiet. So we're in between. I always say she's like if Zach and Ethan had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody told me once too that whatever your newborn's personality is, that's who they'll be when they grow up. I don't think that's completely true. Um, there were signs of it. Like my second, Jason, we used to call him angel baby because he's, he ate and slept. Like oh. you put him down for a nap and four hours later, you have to wake him up. I'm not even kidding. Mm-hmm. And he's still the same way. Yeah. And Ethan never slept when he was a baby and still doesn't sleep. But he was not a happy baby and he's a pretty mm. easygoing kid now. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I think there are threads. It's like us, right? There are probably threads of me that have yeah. always like me. If I met somebody or uh, someone I was good friends with in middle school and they saw me now, they'd probably say, yeah, you're totally the same, you yeah. know, and yeah. there'd be part, right. It's like all of us. There are pieces of our personality that probably have always been there. Or you look back and you write the story. Like I look at Ethan, our middle child, who <laughs> I mean, he used to stack blocks up in his crib. Like it was kind of crazy freaky like we'd come in and he'd have or like on his floor have like stacked things up like perfectly so or like did your kids have Yu-Gi-Oh cards yes oh yeah so those were perfect you could almost take a ruler Betsy 
And like, I mean, we have a picture, like it's actually eerie. Like when I look back at the picture, I, I'll look at my husband. I'll be like, yeah, we should have known. <laughs> so now has that kind of stuff played out? So your first son, is he in med school? He's in occupational therapy school. Okay. So he's going into like rotations and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's, yeah. So, and those are pieces of his personality. He loves helping people. He loves like the feeling of touch. He is someone who like, you can hug all the time. You know, he loves all that. Um, and so that ability to help people by touching them and maneuver, like manipulating them and stuff, like it makes sense. Yeah. It's right. And it's, it's interesting to watch him where he gets, he was a camp counselor. Like he needs that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Whereas our next one, Ethan is very, um, very independent, doesn't love the feeling of touch. Like, you know, I've had to reread the articles from us about how the power of touch with teens, how so I've had to find ways to walk around him and put like my arm on him or like things yeah. like that. Like, you know, because I know it's important, but he doesn't crave it the way say the oldest one does. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so Ethan is more like, he's more black. He's, I would say he's this black and white kid that lives in a family of gray, the pork child, you know, he's very exacting, very, um, very fastidious. He's got that from my husband. He's, you know, they're all like combinations of us. It's so interesting. Yeah, it um, is. It really is. Super interesting. And then, so he's 21 and then, and he was, yeah, coming into the world came right on his due date. We're like, I mean, his siblings are like, of course he came on his due date. (laughs) And where's he now? He is in college in Virginia at Virginia Tech, but he's our one that's very entrepreneurial, very hands-on says now, maybe I should have taken time off between high school and college. Mm -hmm. Should I stay in college? Mm -hmm. I don't love this. Like I love having my own business and fixing iPhones and doing, yeah. So go do that. Nobody cares. Well, that's interesting to hear you say that. And I love to hear that nobody, the nobody cares mentality because, (laughs) because you know, all too well, I'm sure that Mm -hmm. many parents wouldn't say that. Oh no. I thank God every time, every day that he was born to us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but it's probably not a coincidence, right? Like it's, I think, you know, I was looking at the notes you had sent prior to our podcast Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about, I remember someone saying to me one time, you know, you've really parented each of your kids for who they are. Mm. I'm thinking, well, what was my choice? Mm. But you did have a choice. I guess I did. Or I'll look at people and I'm like, wow, they raise clones of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, did I not raise clones of myself or are they just not clones? And I raised what I was getting. Like, I I don't know. I, I'm And I'm not patting myself on the back or saying I did it wrong. I don't know. I just... These are the three we were given and, and they're different. And something I would say to one, I would never say to the other and vice versa, right? Where you'd be like, you know, the one who's so laid back, like I could say things to him, like, dude, you might want to get on that. Right. I would never say that to the other two. There'd be no point. Um, But they just, I don't know. Like it, you know, it's like managing, you know, your own little business. Like I'm like, well, that is really motivated. That's a really, really good analogy. And it sounds like you're meeting them where they are and you're honoring their differences and parenting them or, or being flexible in your parenting to bring out the best Mm -hmm. in them. Yeah. No, I would say I, I, I hope that's true. I think they would say that. I think they would say that. It was funny. My youngest went out. She's done with school and she went out to go do something. And I thought, oh, I should have asked her some of these questions before she walked out the door. Like, you know, I was yeah. laughing at her, like her outline. And um, I do. I think that I hope that that I hope I've allowed them that Todd and I together have allowed them to be 
who they were going to be, who they are going to be, like giving them the latitude that they could get there in an authentic way and at their pace. And believe me, that was not without like any screaming and yelling and like, and all the things that come with these kids being who they are. Um, But I, I hope that in the same way I would honor the things that make my friends and my parents and my siblings. And, you know, I remember there was um, when the kids were in eighth grade going into ninth, the boys, they were at a different school than Lane was. And I remember they bring in a, uh, he's actually like now the department uh, director of the department of health or something in our city. And they would bring him in and he would give the talk, you know, your kid. Oh no, no, wait, it wasn't eighth going into ninth. It was, was it six going to seventh or eighth? One of the transition years. And he said, you know, it doesn't matter how many friends your kids have. What matters is that they find people who value them for what they value in themselves. Oh, I like that. Which is such a great line. I think of it all the time. Scott yeah. Frank said it. And I, I, I think that that's really it. Do the things I value in me, which are that I'm a good friend. I'm a, I'm a good listener. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, have I found people that value those same things. Cause that's really the key. Mm-hmm. It's not, and that's really no judgment. That's just like, am I lining myself up with the people that how I'm living my life that, you know, that matters to someone. And I think, I mean, who, who doesn't want that? Yeah. That's, and that was put so beautifully. I'm going to borrow that quote and give credit. Yeah. It's a good one, right? Yeah. It's it, it really, when you, when you just think really deeply about that, it's, yeah, it's so obvious, right? It is. Like, except, oh. except probably not to our teens. No, you know, because no. I'm always trying to instill wisdom into mm-hmm. my boys to say, "Here's who you want to surround yourself with. Here are the people yeah. that you know. Here's what's important in your life, not who's the most popular or whatever." Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a really good way to sum it up. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you. So as you parented three very different yeah. Kids. What, if you go back, what would you do differently? Anything? I'd parent a fourth. <laughs> would you? I, I, my husband, well, the big joke is, yeah, like I, 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 I had it in me to do a fourth. And even though I was a little on the fence about it, you yeah. know what I mean? You get used to things or whatever. And people say, well, well, how did Todd feel? I'm like, okay, if I was on the fence, Todd wasn't even in the pasture. <laughs> Um, what would I do differently besides, okay, in all seriousness, um, man, a billion things. Um, yeah. I'm trying to distill it. What would, like something, if I could really, like something that I thought would have an impact, right? Because there's a million yeah. things I would do different. But um, I think I would have gotten less involved 
in their fights amongst each other. Mm-hmm. I learned it with time, mm-hmm. but it certainly would have helped earlier. Like it's easier to see now, like you got to do it to get through it. Right. Yeah. Or they got it. The only way around it is through it. Um, but it was so loud and it was so yeah. hard. And I did get to a point, my husband likes to say that I, that I'm gifted. And what he means is that I can ignore them. But I, but that was a, what he forgets is that I wasn't always able to. It was definitely a, a honed skill. I worked very hard, but then I got there, then I got there beautifully, but I, but I did work really hard to get there, but I would have done it sooner. I would have like, just tried to stay out of it. I, right. Yeah. Like, I feel like it only gets in their way. Yeah. In general, I would get out of my kids way more. Like I, yeah, a better way to say it. I think I might say the same thing, right? Yeah. I was an overparenter. I'm still an overparenter sometimes. I'm more self-aware of that. Yes. My husband, so it's interesting you're saying that. I am probably less of one, but I have a husband who is more of one. Interesting. So it allows me, it gives me the space to do it because I, I kind of have to, to counterbalance. So mm. Todd is more likely to step in and do something or he'll be like, it's funny. We always say like, I'm, I'm traditionally more like the guy and he's yep. traditionally more like the, the female. Like he has more hair product than me. He showers more than me. <laughs> he takes longer to get ready than me. Right. He's more likely to jump in and help. And I'm kind of like, eh, we'll figure it out. But I can do that because he is the counterweight to it. Right. Yeah. Not, I'm confident there is, there is something there. Yeah. My husband and I are like the typical, like I'm uh-huh. all the things that you said about Todd are all the things that are true about me. Yeah. And thank goodness that my husband um, and Sue and I talked about this in our conversation too. Like it's so good to partner, to parent with a partner who isn't like you, right? Oh, who won't lot, be right? overparenting, who won't, you know, who will let them have ice cream for dinner, who will do exactly. all those, those fun things. So yeah. Yeah. But in other ways, in other ways, though, Betsy, which I think is super interesting, he's still the Disney parent. Like I'm, mm. I always say I'm cereal. He's pancakes, literally. Mm. Like he mm-hmm. makes pancakes on the weekends. Like my friends will call the book. What time's Todd making pancakes? So there yeah. are, yeah, it's a good counterbalance. What would your kids say? What would they say about you as a parent? Uh, I think they would agree. I think they would say I'm more laid back mm-hmm. and that he's more. He's less. <laughs> and then in other ways, in other ways, he's extremely laid back. Like I was saying, like social plans are like, hey, Friday, we're going to do this. Saturday, great. Or Sunday morning, how about like, do you want to hike today? Where do you want to go? I don't care. You know, yeah. he's very easy in that way. And he's a little bit probably like Zach in that he's super easy till he's not. Gotcha. It doesn't take, it takes a lot to upset him. And then when he's upset, it's hard to get him back. Gotcha. But it takes a lot to get there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of room in there. So you know better. You know not to go exactly. push there's too far. There's a lot of room in there. That's right. There's a lot of room. So you can play in that that sandbox pretty big. So stay in the middle of it. So tell me about your kids when they were thinking about what was coming after high school. Like hmm. did they was your did they go to public school? Two did. Uh-huh. And one did till six, and then she went to an independent school. Yeah. Okay. And was there much guidance or or career coaching for your kids while they were in high school? Yeah. No. no. I know no. it's not anywhere. Okay. No. 
That's an epidemic. It's a missing piece. It's the stupidest thing. It makes me crazy. And so as I talk about on the high school hamster wheel, yeah. it was a, they hit the ground running and it was AP, GPA, all that stuff. Well, yes. But I, I will say like in our, in the crowds we run in, my kids were not doing the levels that a lot of our friends were. Like okay. I always say, my kids did one or two AP classes all of high school, which maybe, and some people say, well, that's way more than my kid did. And, but yeah. in their cohorts, it was way less. Right. Is what I'm saying. Okay. okay? So they were not, you know, that just was not their jam and I didn't care. Yeah. And did they, did each one of them independently say, I'm going to college, I know I'm going to college and off I go or was, or was it more, I really want to be an occupational therapist. Therefore, I know I need to go to college and do it. No, I would say they were hamster wheel, like all of them. Right. And, and it's really interesting to look at each, each one. So if I look at the first one. You know, we assumed he was going to college. He was a fine student. He wasn't great. He was fine, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And we had someone work with him senior year that I knew through your teen who, because we were doing business with them, like, man, this guy has a great approach. Like, cause Zach didn't know what he wanted to do. Cause why would he? Mm -hmm. And so we hired this guy to sit with Zach for a few hours and kind of talk about what he likes, what he didn't like. And he said, okay, I think at the end of the day, you're probably somewhere in like the PT, OT, speech pathology, everything you're saying, you like science, but you like hands-on, you like this, but you don't like this. And and he actually helped him, I think, with some of his applications too, which took up the hounding and nagging away from us. <laughs> um, and Zach, he started maybe in like neuroscience and I'm thinking he's not staying there and he didn't. And he, he found his way to like, he was in like speech and rehab sciences and then switched to OT at some point and then decided he was going to OT school. So, you know, the whole premise was with this guy we used was people tend to do things they like. And so if you can understand what you like, you're not going to jump from like finance over to like uh, OT. Like right. that's probably not going to happen. So the closer we can get you to start, the more likely you're going to finish in four years or four and a half right. years or whatever the average is. And that worked out really well. The second one is a kid who says now, like, he's like, oh, maybe I should have taken time off between high school and college. He um, he went to a monastery high school for two years. He actually, I forgot that. He did go ninth and 10th to a monastery high school that we had in Cleveland, no longer there, which was amazing. Very hands-on, very, um, yeah, it was just great. It let him stew in his own juices. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good for him. And he is a, a kid who loves to tinker and find new things and ways to make money and follows the stock market and used to fix iPhones and, you know, he is very entrepreneurial and very, um, very driven. He's the one who's probably pushed me the most out of my comfort zone as a parent. Mm-hmm. So, but he chose story. college. Like he said, well, I'll go he to college. Did. He did. He did, but I don't know what's going to happen. He's been there a few years. You know, he changed majors once. He's the kid who we're like, why don't you leave for a little bit? There's no downside. It's always going to be there. Right. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, he he could be the kid. We have that conversation for another two years and he graduates or he could be done this summer. I don't know. Do you feel like he went because he felt like that's what everybody else is doing. So I should go. Yes. And because he didn't know what else he would do. Right. Right. So I think that's, and that goes back to the career piece because he's got so many interests. And that's like my second. Yeah. It's, I know when we talked, when we interviewed you, I thought, oh my God, I need a long session with Betsy. (laughs) So this is a, this is a great story. I think, I think this is a, this could be the defining moment of my parenting. 
for real. So E's about, we call him E, um, E's about 14 or 15 at the time, early high school. Cavs are in the playoffs. Pretty exciting for Cleveland because that stuff doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So <laughs> Ethan creates a shirt and he order, you know, he makes these shirts or whatever, and he's going to sell them before the Cavs game. Great. So we're talking through one night and he's like, I'm going to take the rapid, which is our little train system down to the stadium and I'm going to sell them on the corner. And he's going through this whole thing. And I was like, okay, E he's 14. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with this. Why? I said, well, I'm just picturing this. So you're down there, got all sorts of cash on you. Standing on a corner in downtown Cleveland. Now you've got all this cash. You're going to get the rapid back right. at eight o'clock when the Cavs game has started, like probably going to be by yourself, you know, like walk into the station by yourself. Like there's so much about this that makes me uncomfortable. I was like, however, I know this is important. <laughs> like, I know this is really important to you, but how it's set up right now, I, I, all I can picture is the officer coming to my door that night. I'm not kidding you. I've said this to my husband. I'm like, all I can picture is the officer saying, so at what point did you think this was a, a good, good idea? idea. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I said, E, you got to come up with a plan and come back. So he goes upstairs for like an hour, comes down. He's like, okay. So he's got like this pouch and he's going to put the money in the pouch and kind of tuck it into his thing. So you can't see that he's got money on him. And he's going to check in with us like every 15 minutes or just send a text because he was also like a non-texter and wouldn't answer things. And he had something else. I can't remember. There was another piece of it. And I said, okay. I said, and I just want to be clear. The overall, I'm not comfortable. I'm more comfortable than I was, but I know I'm never going to get comfortable with this. And so I think a lot of parents would have just said no to it. I think it would have, and again, he did come home in one piece and he wasn't, God forbid, right? So I can tell the story, but I got to tell you something, Betsy, it was so uncomfortable, but he's the one that does that to me constantly Hmm. where I have to, not a safety thing where he pushes me on what the typical is or what the hamster wheel is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the wheel's going round and round and he's not on the hamster wheel. He's figuring out something else over to the side of it. And so he is definitely the one that is pushing maybe the typical, I don't even know. It's not even pushing boundaries. Maybe he's pushing boundaries of my comfort. Maybe that's. He's pushing you out of your comfort zone. He's pushing me out of my comfort. I mean, Yeah. yeah. Like with so many things and it, um, it's probably taught me the most in terms of honoring who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say all of those, you know, it, it's kind of like, uh, we talked to so many experts who say like, put it back on them, put it back on them, right? Whatever it is. And he has taught me the most about that where he'll say something and I'm like, okay, well, you know, you got this, you'll decide, you know, and it's, it's an interesting thing. And I, you know, I, he's been, it's interesting you know, our firstborn has been, the journey is so fun with him. It's a lot of fun. You know, I'd say Ethan's is more interesting and unnerving. It's like a movie with a lot of jump scares. Yes. Right. Where you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I kind of like that. Right. Right. <laughs> you're scared at first, but then once it's over, you're like, oh, that you're scared, was but you're like, oh my God, but I, I didn't have that thrill. You know, or like, yeah, it's just different. And then Lane's, you know, she hers is unfolding, right? She's yeah. heading off to school. She's our only girl. Yeah. So that's certain, believe me, talk about a roller coaster, right? Like some yeah. of the 
oh my God. Oh my God. Like you talk about things you don't see coming. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then I think, oh my God, thank God you had two older brothers. Cause I feel like it was tamer. Right. Cause some of the other things I hear, I'm like, oh my God. But, um, and she's so interesting because I think she has the input of her brothers that she will reflect on. She'll say, well, I remember when Ethan, I remember when Zach. So I think that's really interesting to watch that. Um, and then she's her own, her, I feel like in some ways, and I'm the third, she's the one where we just kind of watched her grow. And I think that's a really interesting one too. There's um, there's a line in the movie Eighth Grade. Did you see Eighth Grade? I don't think so. Oh, it's really good. Now so, I have to watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it. So it's written by a guy named Bo Burnham, who you should watch some of his videos. He is clever and brilliant, and he is a fantastic musician, and he writes all these snarky songs, and that's kind of where he got his start. And then he produ- uh, I think he wrote and produced Eighth Grade. So it's about an eighth grade girl. He is a 30-some-year-old man, okay? So it's amazing that he got into the head of this girl. And there's a scene at the end, and the father is sitting with his daughter. And she's having a hard time. She's having a really hard time. She's an eighth grade girl, right? Zach used to come home and say, oh, my God, Mom, the seventh grade girls, like, they are so mean to each other. I said, Zach, there's only one thing worse than a seventh grade girl. And that's an girl. <laughs> um, so, you know, she's having such a hard time and the father's sitting with her around the fire. And he said, you know, I wish you could see yourself for how I see you. And, you know, people always say to me, oh, you did such a good job with her. You've raised her so well. And he's like, I didn't do anything. I just sat back and watched. Mm. And I love that. It's like yeah. one of my favorite. And, you know, she's a good example of now. It's not that she wasn't parented, but she, you know, it's our third time parenting girl. She hums a little bit differently. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe there is something in knowing it's the last one and, and maybe having the benefit of watching the other ones fly the coop a little and seeing what happens on the other side. Like, it's kind of like I used to say, like, oh, if I had a crystal ball, know that they would all turn out okay. I could really relax during this parenting thing. So true. And so maybe there is something, she's five years younger than our oldest. Maybe there's something that I saw, you know what? It actually is going to be okay, whatever it is. And so maybe that does, maybe that's why we're a different parent to each one. Because maybe because I'm realizing this as we're talking, Betsy, maybe because we've had the benefit of seeing two years later, five years later, that you know what, it if we're lucky enough, right? Um, if we're lucky enough that it turns out okay, it may not be what you thought. It may not, right? Oh. I am not saying that at all. But it was okay. It's like what I say to the kids: something will happen they didn't expect. I'm like. No one died. Right. No one said, I'm going to kill your family. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> That's how I see that a lot. You know, yeah. like, one died, you know, like, so it may not be what you want. My our oldest, his housing all fell apart. He's moving to a new city. He's got no housing. He's staying in an Airbnb. I said to him last night on the phone, I go, you know what? It may not be what you pictured, but something tells me it's going to all be okay. Yeah. I talk about, I use COVID as an example. You know, mm. the quarantine and the world threw our kids an enormous curveball. Like none of us saw it coming. Right. But, but we were there for the younger kids. Anyway, we were there to help them catch it. Mm -hmm. And as awful, terrible as it's been, our kids have learned so much this year about resilience and 
adapting yeah. to change and patience and all the other things. And while I wish they didn't have to learn it this way, it's a lesson they're going to take with them for the rest of their lives. It's true. It's true. That flexibility is so important, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's funny, you know, and this is kind of where we started the conversation. I think about um, owning a business and having that flexibility. I would say that's another thing. Like if I think about why, even just surviving the pandemic from a business standpoint, and, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you've got to have that flexibility in life to roll with things. And, and again, it may not be the path you thought it would be. And again, if you're lucky enough <laughs> that you got to the other side somehow, um, it doesn't mean that you didn't have to navigate tough things along the way. It just means that you did get there. And and that's one thing I, I think a lot about with parenting is trying to get the kids to look back at a point in time where something was hard, but they did get through it. You know, whether it was a class, it was a friendship, it was a, you know, pick it. Um and to mark that time where you felt like, oh my God, this is going to be awful. I can't do this. I should drop this class. I shouldn't drop this job. I should. And yet you did it, you know? So if you can remember that feeling, one of the things we talk about a lot in our household, because I was a very anxious kid, um, was, is butterflies, right? Having those butterflies in your stomach. And I always say to the kids, if you have butterflies, it's probably a pretty good sign. Because butterflies are what happen when you're not sure what's happening on the other side. So when you get that butterfly feeling, there's a really good chance something good's about to happen. It's just that you haven't been there. And so those butterflies, if you can kind of rewrite that and say, oh, wait, I know this feeling. I had it when I had that new job. I had it when I moved into my dorm. Um, And there were some good things that came with it. I was like, so don't think of them as a oh, I should run the other way. It's just you have to get through the butterfly stage. Right. (laughs) and move to the other side of it. That's really a really wise way to look at it. I've seen a quote before too that said, you've survived all your hard days because <laughs> you're looking back on all your hard days. So you That's know you good. got through I them. Like and when, I love that. And when new ones are coming, you know you'll mm-hmm. get through them. But yeah, yeah, easier said than done, I think. Sometimes. Oh, please. It's all easier said than done, right? Parenting, the job that never ends, right? <laughs> Someone's always got... It's funny. Someone asked me recently, they're like, how is everybody? I was like, yeah, everybody's good. We're a mess. I don't know. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> any moment, right? It's yeah. as good as the last phone call, you know? Right, right. <laughs> the last text, whatever it is. I feel like we could chat like all day. And I, I knew that I had a feeling this would happen. Um, yeah. So let me ask you one more question before you go. If you could go back mm-hmm. and give Steph, high school Steph, one piece, mm. one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Chill. Mm. <laughs> just chill. As a very anxious kid. Mm. I was just listening to our expert this morning and she was describing what anxiety looks like in a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, come never, nobody ever knew that was me. <laughs> Terrible stomach aches. My sister will still tell stories. She had to wait for me every day because I was always in the bathroom in the morning. Hmm. Because yep. of anxiety. Yeah. Which of course is like s- widespread right now. I know. I know. And I, I think that's the other thing is that I think the other thing is chill dash. You will outgrow this hmm. or you will learn to manage this. That's a better one. Yeah, You will learn to manage this. I'm not sure how I grew it. I learned to manage it and recognize 
I am feeling anxious. It's like when my husband says to me on a Sunday, what do you have tomorrow? And I said, I don't, I tend, one, I tend not to schedule Monday morning meetings. So I know that my Monday morning is like admin and doing, right? right. It's more internal things. And I said, cause I learned that when I would look at my Monday schedule it would make me anxious on Sunday. Huh. So I learned, well, I'm like, well, I can, I'm lucky enough. I can control that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can control. Now, if somebody said to me, Hey, could you meet Monday morning at 10? Yes, it would be in my head. And I know that's coming up this coming Monday. Right. But 95% of the time I don't have something on a Monday morning because I know my personality. I know it'll make me anxious and right. Yeah. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I still got some stuff to work through. Right. It's like, we're all a, we're all a work in progress. I'm not throwing it, right? right? It's managing it. So I know it's a trigger for me. So I'm not going to do that to myself if I can help it, right? Um, and that's a good lesson to teach our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what triggers them. you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you know it's going to trigger you, then do you have any control over it? Mm-hmm. Or what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. So much to learn still, right? Well, this has been enlightening and <laughs> entertaining and enjoyable. Same. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me. And I have all your links. I'm going to put them in the show notes so everybody knows where to find you. And okay. listeners, if you are not already listening to the Your Teen podcast, why aren't you? Do it. <laughs> Do it. Because uh, there's so many great conversations, so many experts and the banter between Sue and stuff is just, <laughs> it's just like you're sitting having coffee with a friend. So it's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, that was so much fun. Chatting with Stephanie is like hanging out with an old friend. I'm so grateful to Evergreen Podcast for connecting me with Steph and Sue at Your Teen. This is another example of a super valuable conversation with a mom of kids older than mine. Steph brings a ton of wisdom along with a little bit of been there, done that. I hope this conversation was helpful to you too. I think my biggest takeaway from Stephanie's advice is that we should be parenting our kids for who they are, not for who we want them to be or what society expects them to be. I truly believe that we need to empower our teens to follow their own path, no matter how unexpected or bumpy it might be, because there's no one right path for everyone. Our kids are unique individuals with their own abilities and interests and dreams. We need to get out of their way and allow them to make their own choices, even if we don't agree with them. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here, and I'd be grateful if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback and would like to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. All links and references mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 81. Be sure to follow the High School Hamster Wheel podcast on Facebook and join me and my co-host Jay Dusold in our Life After 12th Facebook group, where we provide support and encouragement for parents of career-confused teens and 20-somethings. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. 
Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.